0: Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au If you're going to get through a session with me, you might fall asleep if you don't take a deep breath. Um, We're moving towards water baptisms at the end of the service, but I want to bring a few thoughts to you tonight around the Kingdom of Heaven. And actually the title to my message, we're in the middle of this series called Jesus in the Marketplace and looking how God has called us into that marketplace space. And there's a lot of terms in the marketplace that we are familiar with, but maybe not so much with this one that I'll bring tonight, and that is the currency of time. We often look at money as currency, we don't see the true value of what we have been given in the currency of time. Can I suggest to you that if you in a business deal or in some sort of financial investment you lose money, let's say you lose thousand dollars, the good thing about losing a thousand dollars is you can get that thousand dollars back, would you say amen to that? The bad thing about the currency of time is you cannot get last week back and if you do not use that currency of time that you're being given, In the way that God intended you to use it, it is lost and you cannot get it back. And so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 and start right there where Jesus spoke about the Kingdom of Heaven and then look at a few thoughts on the way down. Are you ready? This is how it reads. So then forsake your worries. Why should you say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after doesn't your heavenly Father already know the things your body requires? So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and His righteousness, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow. I'm gonna stop there and pray. Father, right now, as I spoke those words, I heard thoughts shouting back at me. Are you serious? How can I not worry about the things tomorrow? But God, we bring those thoughts captive now, present them to you and we grab hold of this word. We're reminded God that you said when you teach us from your word that we should apply it to our lives and we'll build our house upon a solid foundation rock so that when storms come, when rains come, our house will not be flooded and pushed over but it will stand the test of a storm. So God, tonight I pray that this word would be received with faith in Jesus' name, amen. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Right here, Jesus turns Maslow's hierarchy of human needs upside down. I don't know if you've seen it before, we may have an infographic behind us, but Maslow created this hierarchy of human needs. So that we could understand the needs of people. It starts on the bottom line with physical needs of food, water, stuff to sustain life. It then moves up into things like safety and security, a house, a home that is secure and safe. From there to love, being loved and belonging to a community, Uh, not just being loved but having someone to love. Then to self esteem. And then finally, at the top, self actualization. Can I put self actualization in simple terms for you, especially from the biblical perspective? Self actualization is actually working out what on earth you are here for, yeah. knowing your purpose for life yeah. and living by that purpose. That portion of Scripture that we just read, Jesus turned it all the way upside down according to that hierarchy. He said, you've got that around the wrong way. Actually, forget about food and drink and water and all those things. Your heavenly Father knows those things that you need. Previously, it says He, he cares for the sparrow out there in the forest that sometimes may never be seen by human eyes. How much more? Does He care for you? You love your dog, you love your cat, you love your goldfish, whatever it is, you care for it. God cares for you more than you care for your pet. Don't worry about those things. Seek first self-actualization. Seek first the very purpose for which you were put on the planet through my kingdom authority and then all those other things will just be a natural flow into your life. Jesus flips the whole thing upside down. God knows what you need before you actually need it. Before you know you need it, He knew about it. Believers are called to live free from Maslow's hierarchy. I love what Cam touched on just at that land there. Never before in the history that I've been in church life, which is three decades, never before have I met so many unbelieving believers Have you noticed that? Actually in that same portion of Scripture, Jesus refers to those people as pagans and often we think we're not pagans but actually pagans are unbelieving believers. Pagans are are religious people that are scared about getting their needs met by following God's kingdom principles and precepts. The currency of time, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, be very careful how you live not being like those with no understanding, but live honourably with true wisdom. For you are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for His purposes. Did you notice the terminology there? As you spend your life, for His purposes. It doesn't matter what you do, what you pursue for the rest of your life, but I can tell you this, it'll cost you the sum total of your life. Whatever you are working towards, whatever you are giving your life towards, right now it is costing you everything, including that last breath you just took. Miles Monroe made this statement, he said, "'The greatest strategy in life is not death.'" but living without a purpose. Many people today are obsessed with finding ways to prolong their lives. They they are so caught up with trying to live longer that they never stop to consider why they are living at all. He then goes on to list some kingdom first principles. If you're going to live first in the kingdom, here's his list of principles. He says, number one, nothing is more tragic than a life without purpose. Number two, if you're not doing the right thing at the right time, you are doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Number three, priority helps us sharpen our visions so we can focus on the most important things. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. If you're not pursuing the purpose for which you were born, then you are pursuing the wrong thing. Every man does, everything man does outside the kingdom of heaven is motivated by the drive to meet a personal need. And incidentally, most religions are wired towards meeting personal needs, not towards kingdom flow and kingdom purpose. All religion, he says, is driven by the priority of needs. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Can we just make a decision right now Let's get in an agreement together right now that we are going to stop worry about life. Not with a case or a attitude, but with a confidence that goes in God. One of the things God reminded me of last week to remind you is that we need to restore our confidence in God because what we've travelled through over the last 18 odd months has conspired against the believing believer to remove the confidence that we once had in the simple things in God. And I'm not saying that as a result of that you shouldn't do certain things. We're wearing masks tonight because we're, complying with government regulations, we still have faith though, but I'm not relying upon that paper in front of my mouth to keep me well, I'm relying upon the sustaining power of God first and foremost. Amen. <laughs> Worry is the most useless exercise in the world. Yeah, Worry is the most useless exercise in the world. If you make God your source, then He, he calls the shots and if He calls the shots, guess what? He pays the bills. Any religion that focuses on the acquisition of things and the meeting of personal needs is a religion of pagans. If food, drink, clothing, money, car, house and other material things are your priorities, then you are thinking and acting like a pagan no matter what you claim to believe. They're not my words. Miles said it. It's time for us to stop living according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and start living by the principles and priorities of the kingdom of heaven. This does not mean that we should quit our jobs and sit around waiting for God to drop all of these things in our lap. It does mean that even as we work from day to day in our jobs and professions, we are living for other priorities, God's priorities, supremely and serenely confident that he has us covered There is no surer antidote to stress, anxiety and worry. I'll say it again. There is no surer antidote to stress, anxiety and worry than putting our confident trust in God to be able to provide everything that we need ahead of time. I understand that we're at all different levels and stages and ages of pursuing the kingdom of God as our primary concern. I understand that. Some of us are at the beginning. Some of us are well on the way. Some of us are mastered it and that's where we live day in, day out and hallelujah, God bless you, amazing. But regardless of where we're at, I think God has called us to do all that we're called to do in our kingdom purpose as sons and daughters with a shepherd's instinct, a housekeeper's mindset, and the Father's compassion. As you travel through the Gospels, you get to a chapter in Luke chapter 15 where Jesus is being accused of hanging out with notorious sinners. Imagine being called a notorious sinner. Are there any notorious sinners in the house or ex notorious sinners? Any Anyone to own up? Thank you. I thought I was gonna be alone. Whew. He was hanging out with notorious sinners and marketplace people, tax collectors, and the religious crew, we accusing him of all kinds of things. And so often Jesus was quiet when he heard those things, but this time he responded. And he responded by telling three stories in a row. The first story was the story of the shepherd, the guy that leaves the 99 to go after the one sheep that was lost. And the Bible says, Jesus said, when he he finds that one lost sheep, he picks it up, puts it on his shoulders and carries it back to the flock. Then he told a second story because he wanted to make a strong point about the kingdom culture. He says, it's like a housekeeper who has 10 gold coins, but suddenly notices one is missing. She forgets about the nine and puts them down and she turns the whole house upside down until she finds that one coin and then the final story which is the most popular story in Christian gospel teaching and preaching is the story of the prodigal son that's what we've called it but it's really the prodigal father because to be prodigal means to be careless and if you actually look at the story the father was careless with his wealth and with his love He was careless towards his sons. When his younger son comes to him and says, you know what, Dad, I don't want to wait until you drop off the perch. I want my inheritance now so I can leave the house and go and live my life my way. And guess what father does? He says, okay, son, and he shells it out. Actually, if you read the story, he divided his inheritance to both sons. And one went off and wasted it on prodigal living. And then when he comes to himself and works out, hey, doing it my way has not worked. I've spent everything. I've lost everything. At least if I head back home and become a servant, I'll have a place to sleep. I'll have food to put on the table. I'll be okay as a servant. He heads home. You know the story. And when he's heading home, the father sees him. Interesting. (laughs) Really interesting. Was dad out there morning, noon and night waiting for his son to come home? I think so. And when his father sees him, And for Jesus to tell this story in this way, in that day, in that culture, it was very undignified for a father of that kind of wealth, that kind of standing in the community to run towards his son. But he ran to him, he greeted him and he was affectionate to him. He didn't even give his son a chance really to finish his whole discourse to where he said, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. He stopped him and said, son, you're back home. He puts a coat on him, a coat of righteousness and identity. Puts the ring of authority on his finger and then puts sandals on his feet. Servants would have had to come and wash his feet to put the sandals on. And his father was saying to him, you know what, your identity hasn't changed because of where you've been and you're not going to have to work yourself back to a place where you get your authority back. Here it is. That ring was his credit card, his pay pass, wherever he went. he says, and I'm not going to talk to you about your past. I'm just going to wipe it out, clean your feet, put new sandals on. You're getting a brand new start. And he brings him in. Now we all know the story about the son, the prodigal, being restored. But then there's the elder son who gets really ticked off over the fact that dad's thrown a party for him because he's home. And when he hears the music, he doesn't even understand what he's hearing. Now, can I ask you this question? What kind of person does not know what music is? an angry kind of person. And he comes to his father and says, I can't believe you've done this. This is my version of the Bible. But if you read it, you'll find out it's within a safe zone. I'm thinking the son, the older son was saying he haven't even given him time to prove himself. He's not gone through a period of actually seeing if he's genuine. He could be here to do you over again. He, he's probably had all those questions but the father says you know what we must celebrate. We must. There must be joy. Actually if you, le- you read all three stories you find that every story talks about the celebration and the joy of the sheep that was found, the coin that was found and the son that returned home. When you read the final account though of the father and the two sons. It's really interesting that the young son went out and lived his sinful life and came back into the house. But the older son was out of the house and would not come back in because the younger son was in there. And the story finishes there, it kind of stops there and you go, oh my gosh, Jesus did not finish off the story. Could it be possible that the older son who was living right Coming to church and doing all the right things and in the father's house, could it be that he ended up outside of the house while the prodigal finished inside the house? Possible. But what you find about the father is he didn't just restore the younger son, he worked at reconciling the relationship between the two sons. And so when I say that God has called all of us to have a shepherd's instinct, Have you thought about it? That the shepherd carried the sheep back to the flock. The shepherd's instinct is to refresh and refuel sheep. He leads beside still waters. It's to protect and guide. Think about David who protected his father's flock from the lion and the bear. The shepherd went on a search and rescue mission. Who is God calling you? Who is God calling you to carry back into the flock? I would say right now in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, in church, God is needing more shepherds that can go out and find the one and not just invite them, but actually carry them back into the flock because wherever they are, they are lame and they're not able to find their way back. Wherever they are, they are so disconnected that they need someone to actually carry them back into the house. But not just a shepherd's instinct, Also a housekeeper's mindset. A housekeeper knows when something is missing and she turned the house upside down to find it. She also went on a search and rescue mission. Like the coin, some people fall through the cracks in the Kingdom of God. And then finally the father's compassion. I just find it so interesting that the father remained in the house. He did not go on a search and rescue mission. Can I present this thought to you tonight that when Jesus gave that discourse, he could see 2021 and the state of the world and the state of the church. And maybe what he was really saying to us was this, you know what, across the kingdom of the church, across the culture of the church, what we need is people with a shepherd's instinct that know how to go after the one that know how to lead people into a place of safety, refreshing and refuelling. Not drivenness, not driving to meet the next goal, but actually to a place of being fed, watered and refreshed. On a search and rescue mission, we need people with a housekeeper's mindset. You know what? They're in the house. Things do need to be kept in order, and someone needs to do the count. Where is that one that's missing? Don't look at the ninety that showed up. Find the one. Don't look at the eight that came to Connect Group. Go after the one that didn't show up. Don't look at the the, the fifteen that came to the prayer meeting. What about that one that's normally always there? And go after that one. Final verses of scripture because they're giving me the hints. Matthew 10, Jesus commissioned these 12 to go out into the ripened harvest fields with these instructions. Now listen to this. Don't go into any non-Jewish or Samaritan territory. I was reading a study on Samaritans today. There's only 800 left on the planet. 800, that's sect. And, And the reason is, is because they can't keep the ladies. They can't keep the ladies because they're driven by law and so harsh. It's an old law sect. Side note. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible, close enough to touch. I think as we're moving closer and closer to the end of time, God is bringing a revival to the planet. I really do believe that. And I think just like here when Jesus first sent out his disciples, God is saying, you know what, we've got to go after the lost sheep. We've got to go after the coins that are lost in the house. You see, you need to understand the sheep was lost from the flock. The coin was lost in the house. The breakdown in relationship with the father happened for both sons while they were living in the house. God is calling us as shepherds, as housekeepers, as people that have the compassion of the Father to first and as a priority, reach out to those that are within reach. We are unable to do world mission like we used to because of the current environment with the pandemic but it doesn't stop us going to our neighbour. It doesn't stop us reaching out to the people that are in close proximity. It doesn't stop us going to that one that we think just has an attitude with our connect group or with our church or whatever it may be. It doesn't stop us going after the one that is lost within the flock, lost within the house. The currency of time. I can't get last week back. I wish I could. If I could pay money to get time back, I'd go into debt financially. I'd dial it back two or three decades and say, oh, could I keep all of this, I don't want to call it wisdom because maybe some of it's foolishness, but life experience and just dial the clock back. Maybe the, I like 32. Who's 32? Anyone 32? Liar, liar. No, true. 32 is good. I, that's kind of, you kind of got things worked out enough. Don't you think by 32? Jewish, you're kind of tired of making all the silly decisions and you just start to do it right. The currency of time. If you're not doing the right things now, you're spending your time in the wrong place doing the wrong things and it will be expired currency that you can't get back. I don't have time to go through the teaching from Scripture on how you can discover your purpose and begin to pursue it. That would be like putting the Indian Ocean into a bucket right now. There's just not enough time. But you can. In the meantime, understand that God is wanting you to carry this instinct of a shepherd, this mindset of a housekeeper, and the compassion of that father. I think about that father often how he could have done so many things but instead he embraced, he was affectionate towards and he restored his son in relationship. Can I pray with you before we ask those that are being water baptised to prepare to get wet. <laughs> father, thank you right now that you said we should redeem the time because the days are evil, that we should live wise in these evil times. And God, I pray that today would be an amnesty for so many of us, that we could make a brand new fresh start and make every day count, that we would live each day on purpose, that we would not waste the precious commodity and currency of time, but God, we would use it to continue to move forward in the purpose for which you put us on the planet. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you get something? If you didn't get something, did you get challenged? Because that's equally as good. It'll cause you to pursue your purpose with more passion. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.